Hey guys! Hi! We are back, it's Keegan, and we are unapologetically Catholic. We're happy to be back for another week. (laughs) It's been a little while since you've heard from us. I know we mentioned in our last podcast it would be a little touch and go. Yeah, which it has been. Yeah, but Sam's standing in at my house tonight, so (laughs) slumber party over here. (laughs) All right, let's get started with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, I ask that you take my mustard seed of faith and use it to move mountains. Your words say that nothing is impossible for me and that through you I can do all things. I pray that you will remove the mountains of shame, sin, defeat, and despair. May they forever be cast away. I firmly hold the truth that you are for me, therefore nothing can be against me. Thank you that nothing in all of creation will ever separate me from your endless love. Amen. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you want to switch things up a little bit today and pray the Come Holy Spirit prayer? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Come Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Come, come by the means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse, and kindle in us the fire of your divine love. Come Holy Spirit. Come by the means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse, Enkindle in us the fire of your divine love. <laughs> come, Holy Spirit, come by the means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Enkindle in us the fire of your divine love. Amen. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a great one. I know for, like, holy groups, you pray that to call on the Holy Spirit. You only repeat it three times. So that was a good call. So... We are going to talk a little bit today about, um, we had a first reading in Mass last this past Sunday on the 3rd of October, and the first reading was from Genesis, and the whole reading was basically about how God didn't want man to be alone, so he took the rib from man and created a woman. Um, it's the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh reading, so that's Genesis 18.24. So using that reading that we heard in Mass, we kind of just wanted to talk about our experiences with being like the primary faith holders in our relationships. So I'm married, I've been married for almost four years, but known him, been in a relationship for almost 10. And I've been in a relationship for almost four years. (laughs) So we have like different, I mean, I think they're kind of similar takes, but they're also different takes. So, um, we kind of just want to go into that a little bit and like the struggles and also like what we go through, but also like the good. And also what we see within our society, like how things have changed since the biblical times of what, what these readings are talking about describing. Yeah. So, basic. Sorry, I'm watching. I'm watching something. Okay, so basically, um, like for for me for my marriage. So I was married, and my husband was not Catholic. He was actually Methodist. Um, and sorry if you hear a dog. I, I have three dogs, <laughs> so one of them's hanging out with us in here. Anyways, so my husband uh, was Methodist when we got married, and he did um, do our. CIA and became Catholic through conversion. Um, but I would definitely say, like, Sam, like, would you agree that back then, like, the men mainly held, like, the, like, the, the 
they were like secure, like yeah. they were bold in their faith, like they carried their family to go to church. Like as it was meant to be, like like I was saying, all the biblical readings are all basis towards the man being the head of the household when it comes to both faith and strength and providing everything. Yeah, and not saying that that's not the case anymore, because I know of some families off the top of my head that I follow where that is still the case where the men like do fully lead. But I would say, especially in our country, we see a lot of women being the faithful ones leading their children and trying to lead their husbands, which I think is a struggle. Like, I was lucky enough that, like, my husband did convert and he does go to Mass with me, but there's still a lot to be taught and to learn from being a convert. So it's like a lot of pressure to try to like explain everything. Um, I will also side note that like RCIA, RCIA, all the programs at the churches kind of run differently. And I will say that ours was lacking. I did attend a lot of the classes with him. And it just wasn't what it should be to fully introduce our faith, which is sad. So I wanted to testify to that. And then I know Sam, do you want to explain a little bit of you, your background? With Luke? Yeah. So basically, Luke and I met through a mutual friend who is Catholic. So Luke went to a Catholic school all of his life, but he's not Catholic. He's Baptist, or he was. And he wasn't going to church or anything every Sunday. And then towards like the beginning of our relationship, he started going to church to Mass with us every Sunday. And that it became a thing where he would come to adoration as well when he could. So now he goes to Mass every Sunday, That basically every Sunday. He's not converted or anything, but he claims Catholicism as the truth and the only truth. It's just a matter of getting him converted and initiated in the church. But when it comes to like the religious side and being the leader it's definitely me I definitely hold the power he he will pick up if I fall but it's not as strong like to a point yeah which makes it harder because we're all gonna fall we're all gonna have bad days and if you have someone that's not matching that commitment it's easier for you to slip like for instance like say I don't know just say I was on vacation I came home Sunday at 3.30, Mass is at 5, and I'm exhausted from my trip, right? Say I was like, oh, I just really, like, I need to unpack. I need to take a nap. Like, I'm tired. If the other person's not like, no, we need to go to Mass, it's easier in your head. go to sleep. To just be like, okay, you know what? It's okay, even though it's not okay. (laughs) So it's hard to struggle, and I think being the, like, the main faith holders is a lot of, it's difficult. Pressure. It's a lot of stress because you know that if you don't do something... <laughs> My dog agrees. <laughs> no matter how bad you don't want to do something, like Keegan was saying, if you're really tired, you know you don't want to do it, but you know you have to, and you know if you're not the one pushing, that is not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, Outdoor. I even think of, like, our mom, and, like, she was always, like, growing up, our faith was because of her. Mm-hmm. Like, our dad, he went to Mass with her, but, like, even to this day, I would say if my mom didn't go to Mass one week, he just wouldn't go. Like, Mm -hmm. if she was sick, more, I'm not saying, like, 100%, but more likely than not, he would just stay home, even though he's not sick. 
So it's like one of those things where like she's also like the primary faith leader. And it's a lot to fall on your shoulders. And something that I've noticed is like whatever I do, whatever I role model, Josh, who's my husband, like he follows suit. Mm -hmm. So like I'll do things and like I'll see him like start to do them, which is really neat like to see him evolve but there also has to be like that background knowledge in there too like there's times where if I don't make to confession like I won't go up for communion because I don't want to add to my sin um so I'll stay back and like there's a lot of times like he'll follow that and I'm like well don't don't sit here because I'm sitting here because you can receive communion or if not we got a big problem that you're receiving not yeah the state of grace. yeah so that's like something too that I notice it's like is the is a full understanding there? Mm-hmm. Like I know he believes. Or is it just kind of see and do? Yeah, like I know he believes in like the presence and everything, but like he falls back on me so much in like what I do. Mm-hmm. But it's like he needs to understand like why I'm staying kneeled and not walking up. And they to also receive. need to question everything we do because if we're not Jesus. We do things wrong too, and mm-hmm. you know you should be understanding the things you do and why you do them. So definitely a big thing like I'll never forget when we went from receiving like communion in hand to receiving on the tongue like that was a big thing for him because he's like you've received on your hand like most of your life or like I he even came to the church receiving on his hand and then I went to receiving on my knees and on my tongue and that was like a big thing like to understand so yeah we really just wanted to talk about that because it's just something that is so I would say normal in our society now. But, yeah. I mean, if you look in the church and, like, look at all the people that are helping out, it's mainly women. I mm-hmm. mean, look at the people, all the readers throughout the Mass. They're mainly women. Look at the Eucharistic ministers, no matter how you feel, if it should, if women should be a part of the Mass or not. Mm-hmm. Majority of them are all women. I feel that women are the ones that are standing up in our times, and I'm not really sure what's happened to the men. I think it's just society over time has just built them down to not be these strong Well, and I, I truly, in my opinion, think a lot that comes to play with that is, like, the women's rights movement. Yeah. I agree women should have rights, but, like, to a not to a point, but, like, I I know that as a woman, I can't do everything that a man can do. No. Like, no there's no way I could do, and like... And there's stuff we can do that they can't. It's right. And it's meant to be made. that way. That's how we were created. But by trying to make us equal, it's taking the masculinity away from the men. And it's making them weaker. And it's making us having to be stronger. Not only now are we, like, running the families, we're running the households. We're working just as much as the men are working. Yeah. Or, and we're working overtime, we're coming home, we're feeding our kids, doing all this stuff. And it's like, not saying that all men are like that, but especially when it comes to faith, we are also leading in that department as well. So, I know we don't have a man here for their standpoint. That's okay. We have Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But, and I'm sure there are some men who go through similar struggles with their wives. Mm-hmm. Maybe their wives are like struggling to get on board. But for Sam and I's testimony... Our biggest thing is the people that we chose to be with weren't where we are spiritually. And even if they're not, like, of the exact same faith or anything, just take it as a chance to evangelize because you never know what or who you'll be hitting. Yeah, just don't ever leave the one true faith. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> it's okay. Like, for me, like, I knew when I started dating Josh, I knew that he wasn't Catholic. His grandma actually was Catholic. The story behind, I don't know if I should go into that. <laughs> the story behind him not being Catholic is all, it all came down to a one priest decision because his parents weren't married. And back when he was a baby, they considered unwed parents their child to be like a bastard so yeah the priest told his mom that they would not baptize him and so the that decision of that priest ruined his mom's whole outlook on the faith so he was baptized methodist instead of catholic like his grandma um so it's kind of a whole messy thing there but he always knew from his grandma the catholic faith so i knew when i dated him okay he's not like really in tune with it he doesn't know a whole lot about it but he could potentially come to know and love. And so I was accepting of that. And like Sam with Luke, mm -hmm. she knew that he knew about the Catholic faith. He just wasn't Catholic. And I'm sure she still hopes that like he'll get there. Yeah. Or um, convert. I know it's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a long process. But the one thing I told Josh, because I was the one who was kind of like asking him about RCIA. Like, hey, it's starting... In September, like, do you want to jump on board? But I always did tell him, like, don't do it for me. Like, right. do it for you because, like, that's what you want to do. Like, I don't want him to convert because I'm Catholic. I want him to convert because he wants to be. So just keep that in mind, too. If you're if you're in a relationship where one of you is not Catholic, it's okay. Pray for them. Mm -hmm. Don't pressure them into it because they need to make it of their own free will. Otherwise, it's just going to cause more turmoil in your relationship moving forward. And just make sure that if they aren't Catholic and they're very strong and set in their beliefs, don't leave our faith. No. <laughs> because nowhere else can you get the true Eucharist. And another thing, um, we went to Mass at St. Anthony the Abbot on Sunday. We had Father Petschy, who's mm -hmm. amazing. And he, his whole homily was basically telling us how messed up our generation is with all the divorce and everything. But moral of the story, the point I'm getting to is that he pointed out that marriage is an example of God's love for us and it's a gift. And that is, God's supposed to be a part of it. It's holy and it's beautiful and just keep that in mind with who you choose and the path you're going down because ultimately... God needs to be the center of it. And if he's not, you got some big issues to figure out. Yep. And Which that's is hard to hear, but. And that's why they, being Catholic, you're supposed to get married in a church and not out on the beach or something. You're supposed to be in the church with a priest because marriage is between three. Otherwise, it's not valid. Yep. That's what he says. Yep. Marriage is between the husband, the wife, and Jesus. So welcome him into your marriage. And I will leave you with what my priest said, because Sam and I go to different churches now. So my priest started off with a joke and said there's three rings in every marriage. <laughs> an engagement ring, a wedding ring, and suffering. So take up that suffering and use it and offer it up for your spouse or significant other. But listen, you don't need a marriage to have suffering. That's true. It just adds a little bit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Can't help you there. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. Do we want to jump into Acquaint with a Saint? It is time to Acquaint with a Saint. Um, okay. So for this week, the week of today is the 5th. So the week of the 4th, we're being technical. 
So this was very difficult to choose because we have St. Faustina's, well, okay, yesterday, Monday the 4th, was St. Francis of Assisi. We have St. Faustina today, and then on Thursday the 7th, we have Our Lady of the Rosary. So it was a very difficult week to choose just one, but I am going to go with Our Lady of the Rosary because she never fails. So for Our Lady of the Rosary... St. Pius V established this feast in 1573. The purpose was to thank God for the victory of Christians over the Turks at Lepanto. Lepanto. Sorry, Keganism. (laughs) A victory attributed to the praying of the rosary. Clement XI extended the feast to the Universal Church in 1716. The development of the rosary has a long history. First, a practice developed of praying 150 Our Fathers in imitation of of the 150 Psalms. Then there was a parallel practice of praying 150 Hail Marys. Soon, a mystery of Jesus' life was attached to each Hail Mary. Through Mary's giving the rosary to Saint Dominic, though Mary's giving the rosary to Saint Dominic is recognized as a legend, the development of this prayer form owes much to the followers of Saint Dominic. One of them, Alan de la Roche was known as the Apostle of the Rosary. He founded the first confraternity of the Rosary in the 15th century. In the 16th century, the Rosary was developed to its present form with the 15 mysteries, joyful, sorrowful, and glorious. In 2002, Pope John Paul II added the five mysteries of light to this devotion. So, reflection. The purpose of the Rosary is to help us meditate on the great mysteries of our salvation. Pius XII called it a compendium of the gospel. The main focus is on Jesus, his birth, life, death, and resurrection. The Our Fathers remind us that Jesus' Father is the initiator of salvation. The Hail Marys remind us to join with Mary in contemplating these mysteries. They also make us aware that Mary was and is intimately joined with her Son in all the mysteries of his earthly and heavenly existence. The glory bees remind us that the purpose of all life is the glory of the Trinity. The rosary appeals to many. It is simple. The constant repetition of words help create an atmosphere in which to contemplate the mysteries of God. We sense that Jesus and Mary are with us in the joys and sorrows of life. We grow in hope that God will bring us to share in in the glory of Jesus and Mary forever. So, the... I thought, I just thought of this, since I don't have a prayer, how about everybody prays a rosary this week? Okay. That's your prayer. And we can do three Hail Marys now. That's good. Like we I like do. it. Name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Featuring my dog Diesel over here crying. (laughs) He's praying with us. What a good little doggy. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> His tail's wagging now. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, we'll be back in a week or two with another episode. But that's it. That's all we got for you. See ya. Have a good week. Bye.